0: we're going to begin what, we, what we've been talking about, uh, is the idea of Moshech ben Yosef. Okay, the idea of Moshech ben Yosef and Moshiach ben David, the idea that there are basically two messianic forces that are playing out in our lives historically throughout the people of Israel and even in this present generation. Okay, and, uh, and remember your name? Levi. Levi. Levi just asked an important question. One of the questions about Moshech ben Yosef is the idea that the possibility that Mashiach ben Yusuf could be killed. Okay, or even according to the Midrash, that he will be killed. The possibility that he will be killed or that he will be killed. Okay, and he asked, the question was, how can it be that Mashiach ben Yusuf, if he's the power that can confront Esav, right, if he's the political power within Amisal, and he's the reason why Yaakov came back to this land, right, how can it be that, that he could be defeated or he could be killed? Okay, that's a wonderful question, we're not going to answer it right now at the beginning of the class, but Rav Cook is going to relate to it as we go on, so remember, remember the question, and if we don't answer it, I don't promise it's going to be today, it's probably going to be the next session, but it's a very, very important point about why is it that Mashiach Ben Yosef, according to many of our sources, it's possible that he be killed. Right, if yes. I remember correctly from the first year, I thought it was like specifically by Rome or something like that, it wasn't like the prey doesn't get killed by, I forgot that the word that was used, was Sound like... Amelius, okay. right? Is okay. in the is the name that appears in the midrash. Uh, we have to discuss it, okay? okay. We have okay. to discuss it. So, what we're talking about right now, like I said, is these two messianic forces in our lives, the Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David. And the source we've been using is the eulogy that Rav Kook wrote when Theodore Herzl was passed away. Okay where Rav Kook actually basically identifies Theodore Herzl as a manifestation, or the Zionist movement as a manifestation of what we're calling Mashiach ben Yosef. Okay? Uh, and we were in the middle of it. We're in the middle of discussing it. So let me go back, and we will continue where we were. We're on the third paragraph, if any of you have the have it in front of you. Okay? And we're talking about the eulogy that's brought in Tractate Megillah, uh, page Gimel, where there, there's a verse that's brought in Zechariah, where it says, Okay, Zechariah, the prophet, says, in that day there's going to be a great eulogy in Jerusalem, as great as the eulogy of Hadad-Rimon in the valley of Megiddo. And what we said was that there was um, a translator by the Neviu Benuziel ben Uziel who translated this verse into Aramaic. And the translation of this verse changes completely the meaning, basically, of the verse. And what does he translate? He translates that it's going to be, the eulogy is actually going to be... That the eulogy, he, he, he added two people who weren't even mentioned here. One is Achav, who was a king of Israel, of the northern kingdom of Israel, who was killed by Hadad Rimon, okay, Zechariah the prophet didn't mention it, and the second is the the eulogy of Yeshayahu, who was a great king of Judah, of the, su- the southern kingdom of, of, uh, uh, of the Jewish people, the kingdom of Judah, uh, who was killed by a pharaoh. Okay? And Yonatan ben Uziel, we know, was a student of the prophets, of the last prophets. And the Gemara comes at him and says, what are you doing? Why are you transiting this verse? Why are you revealing the secrets of this verse? And Yonatan ben Uziel, according to the story of the Gemara, stands up and says, Hashem, you know that I did not do this for my own honor. I did it for you, for the, that there should not be dispute within the people of Israel. Okay? Now, is now taking this and saying, what is actually hidden? What is the hidden meaning in this verse? What is the secret that Yonatan ben Uziel revealed to us? Okay? And why is this going to prevent division within Israel? That's the place we're at right now. Okay, any questions about this at the moment? Okay, is it clear? For those who are with us. Okay. And here our sages said, And this is the point, Levi, where you were bringing up, that our sages said that this eulogy that we're talking about, that someone's going to die, that there's some great eulogy in Jerusalem. What eulogy is it? It's the eulogy for Meshach ben Yosef, who's going to be killed. And that's re- that's in the Mashech uh, Sukkah, Nun Bet. Okay? And now cook says, okay, wait a second. Why is it in, in any case that we need two Messianic oh. concepts? Mashech ben Yosef and Mashech ben David. Why do we need both Mashech ben Yosef and Mashaykh ben David? What are these two ideas about? Indeed, he says, the ultimate goal is that there not be one or two heads of the Jewish people, but rather only one. And who is that? That there be only one nasi for all of for all. And he brings the verse. It says, David Avdi nasi Okay, like the prophet Yeheskel, the prophet Yehezkel, uh but he was taken away to Babylon, right? We read this in the uh, also. He was told by Hashem to take two sticks and write on one stick Yosef, <coughs> right? And the, other, the house of Yosef, and on the other stick, the house of Judah, of Yehuda. And to put the sticks together. And the idea was that the people of Israel were, would come to him and say, What are you doing? He said, and we'll read it maybe in a, in a moment, that we're all going to be together again. The force of Yosef and the force of Yehuda are going to be put back together. That's what he says. But even in that place where we're talking about these two distinct forces the verse says later on David avdi leolam but there's only going to be one at the, on the top and who is that on the top David avdi David being bsheach ben David right so why do we need two forces umam kshemesh yitzar Barach, baadam Hagufa ve'neshamah Okay, indeed, now Rav explains to us why we need these two forces. We touched upon it last week. Just as Hashem created man with a body and with a soul, okay, the body being connected to this physical world, to the material world, to the external world, we also have a soul the inner world the ideas the thoughts The connected the spirituality and so too in man we have forces that make us strong physically like for example i can go to the weight room and lift weights that'll make me strong right or i can eat healthy and that will make me strong. Or if I want to improve my spiritual standing, right? I could study Torah. I can uh, doven. I can improve my midot, my character traits. And what's our goal? The goal is that both the body, what's that? And the soul, the I'm sorry? A, the physical and the spiritual. Exactly. The goal is not to have the physical overpower the spiritual, the spiritual overpower the physical. The goal is for the physical to be at its utmost, and for the spiritual to be at its utmost, and to be working in harmony together. Indeed, we need the body to be strong and powerful and developed as, as it should be. And we also need that the soul should be healthy, and powerful, and developed as it should be. Because if the soul is developed well, what is it able to do? It's able to use the body in the right way. And if the body is healthy, then it's a tool to achieve the goals of the soul, right? This is all very simple, all simple, correct? Right? That we can use these, our body, in order to achieve the good and the pure. And to achieve the will of Hashem in the world. And Harv says, just as in an individual person, that's the case, that we have two dimensions of, of development. So too, the people of the nation of Israel has two devel- two dimensions of development. Hakoch hamakbil Haguf Enoshi, Okay, we have within the people of Israel, and, and all, what I want us to think about as we're going forward is to think about the people of Israel as we know them today. Okay, when we're walking down the street in Yerushalayim, when we go on a trip to Tel Aviv, when we go down to the Negev, when we meet Jews from overseas, we can see that each of these different people and different personalities is expressing a specific side of what we're talking about, okay? okay? There's the force that, that wants to develop our body. What's our body? That wants the good of the nation. He wants us to be rich, high-tech, right? Money, a powerful economy, buy the new F-35, right? Have the best fighter pilots in the world. This is physical. Create a new road from Jerusalem to Tel Aviv, build the light rail in Jerusalem and in Tel Aviv. And there are those people in, in Amisrael that that's the most important thing to them. The most important thing to them. To build the nation. And all of this, ideally, is the base for all of our lofty and holy ideals that Amisrael has to perform in the world. Okay? like we talked about last week that if we don't have a body we don't have a body we're just a ghost and there's nothing that can be accomplished if we're simply a ghost as we're simply a soul okay this is all clear correct (coughs) and what's our goal (laughs) to be a holy nation for the god of israel (laughs) to be one nation in the land and to be a light unto the nations if you don't have a body, you can't be that. To be a holy nation, what do you need to be first? A nation. A nation. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just holy. And what Rav Cook is saying to us here is that the Zionist movement, what was it all about? The secular Zionist movement was about building the nation. Building the physical nation. And not about building, right? This is what we were talking about last week when we said that the battle, there's a battle over the identity of Israel today. Are we right, a normal people, a nation like all other nations? Or are we a holy nation, separate from the other nations, that stands alone? What's the answer that Rav Cook is giving us? These are both aspects of the same thing two separate aspects that have to be working together. Yosef, right, Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David. Two directions, two ideals, two concepts that are running through our lives, our national life, okay, and what we have to do is we have to be able to find a way for them to work in harmony. And we're gonna mention in a second. Okay, uh, so one hand is to be that's our ultimate goal is to be to be a light unto the nations okay the 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 power to be able to, what we also need is the power to be able to achieve spiritually what we 're supposed to achieve it's not enough just to have the body to be to be a normal people one of the things it's interesting to see um uh, um, you know, I, I, I mentioned last week that the Theodor Herzl, when he was at the Dreyfus trial, right? He thought first that what was going to happen? How are we going to solve the Jewish problem in Europe? We're going to assimilate. We're going to become like everyone else. We're going to become Germans, good Germans, good Frenchmen, good Italians, good Americans. We're going to become like everyone else. And only the Dreyfus trial did he realize that can't happen. Why not? Because the Europeans wouldn't accept them. The Germans wouldn't accept them. The French wouldn't accept the Jews. Uh, yes. More to say, uh, so that's a good question. The question was: Is it more correct to say Binyamin says Theodore? So that's a good question. The question was: Is it more correct to say Binyamin Zev or is it more correct to say Theodore Herzl? How did he call himself? You think he called himself Theodore Herzl? I'm not an expert on history, right? uh-huh. so, uh, history. So, so the, what's your name? Adam. 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 Exactly the question that Adam brings up is the exact duality that we're talking about mm-hmm. in the Zionist movement. <laughs> is he Theodor Herzl, or is he Benjamin Zev Herzl? You want to call him Benjamin Zev Herzl. Why? You want him to come out okay. One of us. But I wonder if when he was writing articles in Vienna, If he called himself Benjamin Zev Herzl or Theodore Herzl. Okay? In other words, there was an attempt to be like all the nations. But what was the tshuva that Benjamin Zev Herzl did? Where He said, wait a second. All the nations of the world have their own land, have their own language, but we're abnormal. We don't have our own land. We don't have our own language. So what do we have to do? We have to return to our ancestral homeland. By the way, he didn't want to revive our, our language. You know that that Benjamin Zev Herzl was in favor in the Technion, for example, in uh, Haifa, uh, was, in, was in favor of uh, speaking German. Like that's what he writes and he assumed in, uh, there was an argument in the Technion afterwards, that we're gonna, are we going to learn in Hebrew or are we going to be learning speaking in German? There was an idea that we couldn't even begin to discuss modern ideas, because we don't know how to say ice cream in Hebrew. There was no such thing as ice cream in the Tanakh, so we, it, it would be better for us to speak German. There was an argument, and this is actually that i doing. Uh, has anyone heard of, have you heard of Gershom Sholem? Yeah. Gershom Sholem, Okay, who is Gershom Sholom? He was, uh, before the State of Israel established. at the beginning of the State of Israel, he was a Jew from, uh, if I'm not mistaken, from Germany. He was at the Hebrew University, and he wrote... Uh, he, was, he, was, he wrote academic articles on Kabbalah and on Shabbatai Tzvi, right? Uh, and in these articles, he's very much, he- very hesitant, very critical, let's say, of Messianism or anything that might, even though he himself was part of, that's what Rav Kook is telling us, he's part of a Messianic movement. The Zionist movement was an expression of a Messianic movement. And one of the things that he, one article that uh, Gershom Sholem writes is there was an argument about whether or not the new Jewish settlement in the land of Israel would would speak Hebrew (coughs) or not. And Gershom Sholem, what was his position? In the end, the overwhelming overwhelming, uh, majority of of Zionists said, we're going to go with Hebrew, and that's what actually happened. Gershom Sholem came out and he said, he said, you have no idea what you're doing. It is the worst possible thing we could do to teach our children to speak Hebrew. That's what he said from Jerusalem. Why did he say this? He said, you don't understand. Language is a carrier of culture. Language is a carrier of deep ideas and deep concepts, unique concepts that are unique to that language. And he said, if you teach your children... There's an article he writes, you should read it one day. If you teach your, our children Hebrew, these messianic concepts will rise up inside of them again. So now let's look at the paradox. There was a thinker and a fighter in the Lehi. his name was Shabbatai Bendov. And he was well, later on after he, he began his life secular, he, Chazar and he worked in the Justice Department in Israel, wrote many, 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 several books and articles. One of the things he, he explains about the Zionist movement is that the Zionist movement wanted to be a normal people, wanted to make us into an amke make us into a normal people. How is it going to make us into a normal people? By bringing us back to our land with our language. So now what happens? We're back in our land with our language. And what's the problem? Hey, just like the French, just like the Italians, just like the Russians, just like everyone else. But what happens when a Jew starts to delve into his language and his land? He starts to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And what does he discover? Wait a second. See, I'm, not, so, I'm not normal. I'm not different. Yeah. I'm different. <laughs> I'm not like everyone else. Yeah. And that is the cultural battle and the, and, the, and the break that's happening in the land of Israel right now. After the 1967 war, right? Think about what it meant. And we, we have people who have actually said this for the Jewish people to return to the Temple Mount. You cannot come back to the Temple Mount and be normal anymore. You cannot come back to Hebron and Shechem, Hebron and Shechem, Nerichol, the cradle of Jewish civilization, and be normal anymore. You have now a choice. Am I going to connect to my deeper essence? But that means I have to abandon being normal. Normalcy. Or am I going to reject that and, and fight for the dream that we should be a normal nation? Much of the battle is taking place in, in the state of Israel today, do you guys understand what I'm saying? Much of the battle that's taking place in the state of Israel today between the societies in Israel, is that question. Do we want to be normal? Or do we want to be abnormal? So the yes. question is, this group of normal people, yeah. how do they explain my reaction when I fly to Tel Aviv that I have tears in my eyes? And I go to the golden country called Switzerland, no emotion. I just go in and out, and I come to Israel and I have tears. So how does normal people accept me my reaction when Israel is so normal, like Poland or Portugal? It's what you say, there's something, <clears throat> something so special in Israel you cannot even explain with me. But there's something very special. But, but just like a French patriot, or a German patriot, or an Italian patriot, they'd also have tears in their eyes when they hear, I don't know, uh, when they talk about uh, Charles de Gaulle, I don't know, right? They have tears in their eyes when they think about the history. If they're really a patriot, they have tears in their eyes when they think about the history of their country. That's normalcy. And that is exactly what Rav Kook was saying about the Zionist movement. Here they're coming back and they're they're telling the stories of the Tanakh. They're telling the stories of the heroes of the Tanakh and they're going back to the places of the Tanakh. In the language of the Tanakh. And they're saying this is ours and we, we, we respect it and we love it. And you don't think that there are Jews, secular Jews in the, sta- in the land of Israel who have nothing to do with Torah and mitzvot, but that they feel a great amount of pride in being connected to the Jewish nation, to the historical Jewish nation? They do. And that is what, that is actually, is that normal or abnormal? I would say that's normal. That is Am Gechol Amin. And that's exactly what Rav Kook says. What's the difference between the spiritual, the Mashiach ben David, and the physical, Mashiach ben Yosef? When we're talking about Mashiach ben Yosef, there's, there's no difference between Am Yisrael and the other nations of the world. That patriotism, that love of nation, let's say, that love of of our group is similar between the different nations of the world. In, in essence, we are we are a nation like all nations. Just as we're similar to the nations of the world in our bodies. We have the same bodies as the nations of the world. Or even, like we're similar to animals. Animals have, you know, eat and uh, excrete, and human beings eat and excrete. The same functions, the same physical functions. Now what's, but what's the difference? Is that The other side, is the part that's special only to Israel. And on this it says, The verse says that only Hashem shall guide us. And that Am is not counted among the nations of the world. If we say in our numeral, when we're talking about the nations of the world, we talk about 70 nations of the world. Am is like nation number 71. We're not really a nation of the world. Why do we call the nations of the world the nations of the world? Because they're nations of the world. What does that make us? A nation not of the world. Right? How are we different? Not a nation or not of the world? A nation not of the world. Right, words like 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 uh, Hashem says to Abraham, says Lech lecha, right, go forth, and what? I'll make you into a great um, nation, um, I'm going to make you into a great nation, right? right. In other words, the creation of our nation is something that's rooted already in the time in Abraham, in the present, in the promise to Abraham. And what are we different? Mitzad Torah to Hashem Yuna Yonah miYuchedil laYisrael am Kadosh. What are we different? How are we different? Because of the Torah, and the Kadosh Yonah, the miYuchedil laYisrael am Kadosh, because we have a special spiritual mission. Okay, so that's the difference. Vine. mitchila uchnu shnei akochot akarliot b'shnei ashvatim shuchnu l'Imloch b'Yisrael. And already from the beginning of our nation, these two powers are existent in the two tribes that are destined to have rule within Israel, to have sovereignty within Israel. What are those two nations? What are those two powers? Ephraim v. Yehuda. Ephraim and Yuda and Judah. Shehuk Yosef v. Yehuda. Okay, we see this first in the time of the tribes, right? Like the Midrash says, when Judah comes towards Yosef, when Yosef is in Egypt that these are two kings that are battling. There are two kings that are coming one against the other. Just as the the actions, the deeds of the fathers is assigned to the children, okay? Yosef, what does Yosef do? He's the one who gives food to everyone. Right? The physical, the material. He gives food to to the tribes of, of Yaakov when they come to Egypt he was sent to egypt in order to give physical sustenance to the tribes of israel and he gave the children of yaakov bread to eat right bread being the physical but not only did he was he connected to yaakov he was also connected to what all the nations all of the nations were coming to Egypt to get bread. And there's a Midrash, it says in Masachat Sota that Yosef was, like we talked about, he looked outwardly like all the nations. He talked like an Egyptian. He looked like an Egyptian. He dressed like an Egyptian. His name was Egyptian. He was assimilated among the nations, as it were, swallowed up among the nations, and he knew all 70 languages. And all this comes to show us, says Oav that these are all the sides in which Am Yisrael is similar to the nations of the world. But Yosef had a special thing. And this is the danger of Yosef, and I think this is where we have to pay attention. Because today, we might be in a different period. And in any case, Yosef still knew when he was connected inwardly, deeply, to who he was, he knew that there was a secret of his power, of, his, of holiness in, within him. Okay? And that's why the Midrash says that Yosef is the power that can defeat Esav. Okay? Why can Yosef defeat Esav? While he's similar to Esav, in other words, that he has power, political power, economic power in this world, just like Esav, who can act in this world, the secret of Yosef is that he knows that deep down he's connected to holiness. He wasn't seduced by, by Potiphar's wife because he knew that he was connected to Yaakov. And this is what Rav Kook is also saying about the Zionist movement, the early Zionist movement. Outwardly, they started to dress like the Gentiles, look like the Gentiles, act like the Gentiles, work like the Gentiles. But what they were actually doing is expressing a deep connection to the holiness of Israel. And that's why the Midrash says that Yosef has the power to defeat Esau. Okay? The same way, like the Midrash talks about the idea that how does an axe, right, is made to cut down trees, but what's an axe made of? Wood. It's made out of a tree. In other words, the same material that can, distri- can cut down the tree is the tree itself. And that's Yosef. V'yudah miuchad lekoach Yisrael miuchad, but Judah, Yehuda, his force is what's unique in Israel, not what's similar to the nations, but what's unique. Hayta Yehuda Show. and Yehuda, it says in in Sefer Tehilim, that Yehuda will be is is for his holiness. Val oel Yosef neemar, oel sheken baadam. But on yourself, by yourself, what does it say in the, in Sefer the Tehilim? That Yosef dwells, his, 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 his tent dwells among man, among mankind. Okay, this point I think is very clear, right? The idea that Yosef is the part of Israel that's connected to the entire world. Just like the French are proud of being French and of French history and French culture. Yosef is that expression within Israel. Okay? And Judah, Judah is the expression of something unique. Now, now what's the trick? The trick is, and this is the secret that Yonatan Ben Uziel is trying to say to us, is that what has to happen is that these forces be combined into one. That is called success. when these two forces are working together to make each other stronger and not battling against each other. When the material is battling against the spiritual, the whole is weakened. When the spiritual is battling against the material, the whole is weakened. The spiritual has to realize what is important in the material and the material has to realize what's important in the spiritual. And they have to be working together in harmony. And when they're working together in harmony, the whole is greater than the sum total of its parts, right? Like, for example, the example, the good example, I think, is water. What is water made out of? Uh, H2O, right? Uh, Two molecules of hydrogen and oxygen. But water is not hydrogen, hydrogen, oxygen, right? Hydrogen has its own. It has its own characteristics. Oxygen has its own characteristics. It characteristics, right? has its own atomic makeup and so forth. Subatomic and makeup. The, uh, and the bonds that bind them. But what happens when you put them together? You get not hydrogen and not oxygen. You get something else. You get what's called water. water right? Water. To talk about... So when we're talking about now, what Rav Cook is telling, telling us is that the ultimate goal... <laughs> So, is the correct combination between Meshach ben David and Meshach ben Yosef. And not that one should defeat the other. Not that one should supersede the other. Because neither one alone can succeed. And that is why Beit David, the house of David, was chosen. Why? Because the house of David knows how to combine these two powers together. But It's not enough that they not only they don't contradict each other. od They have to be able to help each other. admoni. And it's just like it says in the midrash. David Amalek. What was he called? By Shmuel and Avi. Shmuel and Avi saw him and he said that he's called Admoni. Who well, He's red. Who else was red? Who else was red in our tradition? Esav is red. What is that sign of? Someone who can spill blood. Someone who is powerful politically. Someone who has physical, material prowess in this world. Admoni. Uh-oh. Just as we say about Esav. But it also says David was Admoni in Yefe Naim. What is Yefei Like The literal translation is beautiful eyes but what our sages tell us is that indeed he had the power of Esav, but he only used the power of Esav at the behest of the Sanhedrin. He only used the power of Esav to fulfill, to do righteousness and goodness in the world. To fulfill our spiritual mission of filling the world with, to be a light unto the nations. What did David HaMelech have? Both the gathering of material prowess and all that has to do with material prowess. So they'd be a powerful nation. Together with the uplifting spirituality of all that is more sublime. David Amelech was a poet. Right? The spiritual side. Okay. So that's the ideal. Now, what Rav Cook is telling us is that after David Amelech, who ruled after David Amelech in our history? Shlomo HaMelech. And what happened after Shlomo HaMelech? What's that? Huh? Ah. The kingdom of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel, what happened to them? They split, right? Shlomo HaMelech had a son, his name was Rehuvam, and he had a servant who was in charge of what house? The house of Joseph, of Ephraim, Yeruvam. And the nation split. The power of Yosef in the north and the power of Judah in the south velule shegamu avonot veisrael ma'asu bemelkhut be david ad shenekhla ka'uma va'seret shvatim she'ephraim shu koach yosef le'fnei atmav veyudah le'fnei atmor haya hakol me'uhed bekoach echad et yudah and had we not sinned and had israel not become fed up with the kingdom of David and the nation split, with the 12 tribes of the north uh, being Ephraim, Yosef, alone, right? And Judah was by himself in the south. Had that not happened, we would have all been united, it would have all been united in the tree of Judah. Shei kulel gam ken Yosef. What he wants to point out is that the Yuda and Mashhech ben David, in order for it to be Meshach ben David, it has to include also Mashhech ben Yosef. Okay, is this clear? Any questions to hear? This was a bit repetitive here, but let's continue. Vyadber Amim, takhtenu leumim takhtagrenu vchalanu <laughs> et nakratenu et gaonia akhov asher avsela. Vyadekibut shnee akhochot yachadav. Had they remained united, Meshach ben Yosef and Meshach ben David, in the times of the First Temple, had they remained united, there would have been an uplifting. We would, have been, we would have been on the rise. What would have happened, and what should have happened, is that the material prowess, the physical aspects, would have become more refined, and would have become more holy. Why? Because they would have been influenced by the power of Yehuda. The physical side could have become holy by its influence, by being connected to the power of Yudah, to our spiritual mission, to the uniqueness of Am Right? Think about today. High-tech, economy. If we used high-tech, for, if we used high-tech to solve the world's problems, wow. we could end starvation, we'd be able to, if we used the Jewish mind, the Jewish ability in economics, how could we, what kind of great things could we do in the world? And that's what should have happened. They should have become refined. Not only that, the spiritual side would have become more powerful. Why? Because now it has all types of tools to use. The Torah could say, hey, wait a second, we have... We want to do Ratzon Hashem, we want to do the will of Hashem to make the world into a better place, to make there be righteousness in the world. And we have tools. We have F-35s, we have uh, we have high tech. Look at all these good let's think about how we can use these things in order to improve humanity. And this would have revealed the greatness of Israel. And that's what would have happened and this Rav Kook says is what's going to happen in the future. The power of Yosef and the power of Yehudah will be working together. And he brings a pasuk, a verse, to prove it. And it will be in that day that the root of Yishai, the father of David, I shall medlenes amim will stand as a flag for the nations elov goyimidoshu and the nations of worlds shall go up to him va'itamnuchato kavoren and and there shall be uh that shall be uh the place of honor lo'melcha ma ben shnei kohot minnagdin ki imnucha shema no war between these two powers but rather rest and completeness between these two powers shua kavoryot erion ben isa and that is the greater honor. And now, but what we're, we're going to see is that what happened now is that these powers, though, what, what, what broke the nation and what did Yonatan Ben Uziel warn us of? What broke the nation and what caused the dispute is going to be the fact that these two powers, each one of them, wants to overcome the other the physical side, the material side, wants to overcome and be am kechol No! We have to be a normal nation. We have to be just like everyone else. We have to make money. We have to have careers. We have to work for the material side. And the spiritual side said, no. Get rid of all the physical stuff. We don't want iPhones and we don't want technology and we don't want... Eh, 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 uh, to deal with the economy, or to deal with this world, let's just sit and learn in yeshiva. But that's that's what we have. But, we, uh, but that's that's the that's the reality that we're in right now. We're only unique. We don't need to be like the nations at all. We don't need the nations at all. We don't have any, need any connection with the nations. And that's going to be the great dispute that's going to break, that break, broke the ancient kingdom of Israel between Yosef and Yehuda, And that's the place we're at right now. It's so, so in essence, we're talking about a polarization. Correct. Okay. A polarization between these two ideas. And each of them goes in its own way. And that's the point we're at now. We have to figure out in the next class when to come, and Rav is going to tell us the secret about how they actually are supposed to work together. Okay. We understand the differences between them, and we understand that the what happens when they don't work together, the question is how, in what way are they supposed to work together and which way are we supposed to put them uh, uh, together?